Blog Talk Radio. Blog Talk Radio Nation. Uh, hmm. I'm trying to be upbeat about something. <laughs> you are tuned in to page one. I am LeVar, and my friend, my beautiful friend out to the west of me, uh, who I don't think really has, uh, I don't, I don't, well, actually, I got an update. Well, she has an update for you. But my friend Mary, how are you this evening? I am as well as can be expected. How's that? That's a good well, one. Well, yeah, that's pretty much how it's going to be because I, I do hope that all of you listening in are as well as to be expected because no matter where you are, you know, two weeks ago tonight when we were on this show, I think things were a little bit different then. Um, Stuff was a little bit more free-flowing, and at that time we were debating pretty much just how serious this situation probably was and if we were maybe overreacting. Last week, um, we got to a point of where things kind of started to slowly build up on this, and even we admitted to our own that it's something to definitely keep an eye on. Now here we are two weeks past that point, and now we are in a state of, I don't want to say a state of emergency because it would be causing a lot of panic, but it is a state of a high concern. And we're not, no one here is dumb by any circumstance, but we know that this is actually something new that we're dealing with. Uh, we didn't want to come on the air tonight hours worth of talk about what's been going on because I think we've gotten to a point of where there's, and I have, and I'm not sure about you, but I think people have gotten so much thrown at them here, them here in a short time. It's almost like information overload. Do you feel like that? Yeah. And then on top of that, how much of it do I believe? Because there's, okay, well, there's information, and then there's more information, and wait, five minutes ago you said this, and now it's this. Which one's true? Is it, Are they both true? Has it been updated? So misinformation's in there, and it's stressful and frustrating for a lot of people, I'm sure. And I, I wish there was something that I could say that you know, here we are a few minutes into the show. Didn't even mention what we're talking about. We could have been talking about anything, but of course we're talking about COVID nineteen. Um, but I wish there was something that I we could do or say that probably would make this easier for a lot of you. Uh, as you know, that there have been certain states now that have stay at home orders. Among those where I am at here in Illinois. Uh, Governor J.B. Pritzker uh, announcing that here it will begin tomorrow evening at 7 o'clock. Stay-at-home orders a little bit different, I guess, in most places because when you think stay-at-home orders, you think of people who are ordered to pretty much be at home uh, and you can't go anywhere. But that's not the case, and I guess that's one of the things that you have to uh, remember. In this case, it's not really a policeable thing. Uh, when we mean stay at home here, uh, which will begin, I'm sorry, at 5 o'clock tomorrow and remain in effect until Tuesday, April 7th. Uh, California is doing the same thing. New York, uh, pretty much they're ordering all non-essential people or workers to stay at home. You know, if you don't have a job that has anything to do with medical or, you know, stores or Anything that's essential, deemed essential, 
you are pretty much just to be home. Now, it's not saying, hey, go home, lock yourself in. You could go out. You could still go for a walk around a neighborhood. You could still, you know, take your car to a gas station. Gas is actually getting cheaper out there. I'm not sure if you noticed. Uh, some places it's actually going to be like 99 cents a gallon. I'm not sure. How much is gas out that way? Um, we haven't gotten under two yet, but we're coming dangerously close. And now the irony is that, people, yeah, no, the irony is that people are saying gas is coming down, but you don't have anywhere to go. <laughs> right. So, <laughs> I don't know if you were interested in buying a gas tanker at this point and just filling up on gas, but yeah, <laughs> I have no idea. But I don't know. You know, I I don't really know. This is all, this is something that's all new for us, of course. I, I guess too. You know, if you have an older child at home, it's a lot more easier to keep them entertained because all you gotta do is turn on a TV or give them a phone or something else. But I guess too, as the mom of a teenager, and I'm pretty sure as uh, a lot of you are children of teenagers, I would think that the whole thing of them actually. Um, interacting with each other, that's probably got to be the toughest part right now because, of course, they want to be around their friends, right? Right, yeah. That's one of the things that I am proud of my teenager for this week. Um, And I'm always proud of my teenager, but um, friends, my teenager's driving age, so friends can drive as well. And a friend said, well, you know, the conversation came down to, you know, going out's not a big deal. You know, not being able to go out's not a big deal. It's that I don't get to see you guys. And it's like, well, I'll just get in the car and come over and visit. And when I heard that, my first reaction was, oh, my God, what? Thankfully, I was smart enough to wait till the end of the story where I heard my teenager said, basically, you can come over here if you really want to, but I'm not letting you in the house. You can knock on the door and we can talk through the door. But you're supposed to be at home. There's a social distancing thing that's supposed to be happening. And in Nevada, we've been, the governor's actually suggested that any non-essential businesses be closed, um, that they should be closed. The gaming industry has been closed, um, which closes a lot of other businesses automatically. um, Because once a casino goes dark, that's a lot of other businesses that rely on that casino for traffic. So we're basically on that kind of really pushing the social distancing thing. So, yeah, I was glad that my teenager understood the point of it and what we're doing. And in my home, um, we are acting like we have been infected and we're trying not to infect anyone else. Um, We're not sick. Neither one of us are infected that we could even tell you about. Um, Neither one of us are showing symptoms. But if I'm acting like I am, and I don't, I still haven't gotten anybody sick. If I'm acting like I am and I am, then I haven't gotten anybody sick. So it's probably our best attitude towards it, at least here in my home. Well, it's, uh, and I can only imagine for those who have smaller children how the uh, adaptation is at home, because I don't know how you would explain uh, to a younger child what's going on because, like I said, none of us has uh, gone through this. Older kids, it's a little easier. Uh, younger kids, I'm not a doctor. Couldn't tell you how exactly or a psychologist. I couldn't explain to you how to do it uh, the best way that you can. I, I don't know. I would think that honesty would pretty much right now be the best policy, right? Because, I mean, you can't I would really – you don't want to scare them. But there's plenty of ways to be honest and be completely forthright with all of the facts that they need to know in a way that they can understand and and digest without being scary. There's plenty of ways of doing that. Yeah. Or just turn it on PBS. Maybe they'll find a way, except during pledge drive. Um, Starbucks, for those of you that were wondering, they are closing access to all of its cafes nationwide, cutting service to drive-through and delivery only. 
the company is making that decision effective March 20th, and it'll last for at least two weeks. Uh, customers can order at the drive-thru or use the Starbucks app to order ahead and pick up at the window. Some Starbucks cafes serving in or around hospitals and healthcare centers may remain open in efforts to serve first responders and healthcare workers, which is a good thing. Uh, but otherwise, it, your local Starbucks you will not be able to go into. Um, I've noticed this evening a uh, lot of places that pretty much are already started. There's so many different small stories to this. Um, last week we had a few, and then uh, hopefully some that brought a little bit of levity to the situation because you can't help but at this point try and find something that makes you either smile or laugh. Uh, there was actually one story uh, in regards to uh, a few ways to pass the time. Um, one came from TMZ this week who caught up with Dr. Oz, and uh, quite surprisingly, uh <laughs> They caught him on Monday uh, in New York where he told us uh, that people under quarantine, uh, one thing they should do to pass the time and avoid depression. Do you you know what he probably said that you should do? Um, Intimacy. Yes, that is correct. Um. (laughs) It's a great, it's a great, honestly, uh, it's not a big surprise Whoa, hello. Yeah, sorry. <laughs> a little late with that one. Go ahead. Go ahead. It's not a big surprise because, I mean, if you think about it, it's it's um, it releases serotonin levels. It makes you feel closer to the people that you are there. Uh, there's a physical connection, and humans are very social creatures, so we want to have not only the mental and the emotional connection, but you want a physical connection. So, yeah. There's going to be yep. a boom. There's going to be a baby boom, and it's going to yes, there will be the coronials. By September, <laughs> October, there's going to be like a huge baby boom, and yeah, and now they're mm, going to be naming. November is going to be the big one, yeah. Uh, he does say Not that in November you know, babies. Right. And he says there's only so much TV binge watching you should do. He suggests doing something productive instead, like reading or picking up a new language. However, in two-person households, he says nothing cuts the tension like a little sexual heal. Um, so yeah, uh, in a two-person household, I don't know adult household, <laughs> adult household, <laughs> yes. Um, but yeah, don't I mean, forget you still need consent. And actually, there was another article that there's something else besides that uh, that can also help boost your immune system and help you fight off infection and illness. Before I go into this story, I am uh, going to throw up the uh, warning (laughs) for the next five minutes. Uh, The following story is of a frank and explicit nature. Uh, Listener discretion is advised. So if you're listening to your kids, get them out of the room. Okay. Now they're out of the room. person asked, to get an orgasm a day, really keep the doctor away. And this article came about uh, that said, and I'm not going to use the overall word that we all use, but uh, I will describe it as self-pleasure, <laughs> which boosts your immune system. Uh, achieving an orgasm through self-pleasure provides a rush of feel-good hormones uh, such as dopamine, uh, serotonin, and Oxytocin. No, it's oxytocin, and it can rebalance our levels of cortisol, which is a stress-inducing hormone. Uh, This helps our immune system function at a higher level. Uh, The surge in, quote, feel-good hormones also promotes a more relaxed and calm state, a state of well-being, making it easier to achieve restful sleep, which is a critical part in maintaining a high-functioning immune system. And by the way, I've seen more and more today about getting proper sleep how that will actually help you through all of this. So, mm-hmm. 
Uh, and it says just as bad habits can slow your immune system, positive habits such as a healthy sleep schedule and an active sex life uh, can help boost your immune system, which can prevent you from becoming sick. I'm not even going to go into the whole thing of how self-pleasure uh, can affect your brain. <laughs> but, yes, they say it does boost your immune system and raises your white blood cell count. Who knew? I, I'm down. I'm, I, hey, I know I feel good. <laughs> We're being frank and explicit right now, so... I'm not. I am a healthy woman in my 40s. I have done that before, and it feels good. So there you go. I, I, we got nothing else to that because we. You don't know how. Well, I'm going to be careful with how I was going to say it. You don't know how difficult this was <laughs> to try and put together a show in which we had nothing to do with COVID-19. There is nothing going on right now. I guess the only good thing that this has done is probably bought more entertainment probably on Instagram and Twitter from artists who are performing and challenging others to perform free. <laughs> this is all you got right now tonight. Um, if you got something more interesting, call us. But please let it be something that is like worthwhile, but uh, not necessarily tied into this story. Because quite frankly, I love you all, but I don't trust you to probably be talking about what we're talking about here. Um, but yeah, I mean, hey, nothing wrong with it and if they say that it is what it is then yeah uh one story from last week though because this actually is well before all of the um, stay at home orders was an interesting article uh from the folks at Mashable and it says that as cases of covid-19 continue to spread people are taking precautions like social distancing more seriously than ever uh, social distancing, as defined by the World Health Organization, is the practice of maintaining at least three feet of distance between you and anyone who is coughing or sneezing. It's just one measure being suggested to protect against the spread of highly contagious new coronavirus. But uh, many people uh, even said using handshakes don't help, and giving that handshakes and kisses are being curtailed and working remotely is being encouraged. Single people may wonder if they should social distance themselves from dates and simply stay home. Uh, Tender got ahead of the curve, uh, actually creating a pop-up with health safety reminders and links uh, to the World Health Organization. Uh, While other pop-ups haven't shown up yet on other dating sites, a spokesman from Bumble pointed out that its voice call and video chat feature should, uh, you know, they point out that feature should people not want to meet up in person. Uh, They also suggested Skype, or FaceTime if it's a first date and you have some reservations. They'll lessen some of the fears and help build trust in the relationship going forward. Um, one person, Dr. Taylor Gerber, uh, anesthesiologist resident at San Diego uh, University of California, said that dating does not need to stop because of COVID-19. She says, I do not believe we need to shut down dating amid the coronavirus. And young, healthy adults there's a very low risk of contracting serious consequences of the illness. I disagree with that totally. But I guess in this time of this going on, should one consider pretty much like not dating at all and just hold off for at least a few months? Or if you are going to date, how should that person date? I I mean, okay, so if you are at a stay-at-home kind of situation, then you necessarily can't. But, and here's the huge, the the however, the huge but in that statement, Um, I think this is actually a good thing. Like, this is the silver lining for it. I'm one of those people that, I'm I'm awful at first dates. Like, if I know you and, like, or I've gotten to know you or there's something that we've talked about and we've chatted, it's a lot easier when I see you in person to be able to relate to you. If my first interaction with you is the first time I'm meeting you, I'm awkward and strange and and everything else, like, right now. Like, I can't even come up with words. And, and then discussions turn into weirdness. And you and I have had lots of discussions. I'm not normally one to not have a subject to talk about. 
this is one of those silver linings where you actually can get to know a person before you have to be physically in, in front of that person. So right. take the time, you know, sit back. If you want to, and, and quote unquote dating, okay, yeah, well, okay, so you can't hook up with somebody. It sucks to be you, you know, you got yourself. Um, love yourself. Um, but then take some time to get to know another person. And maybe the silver lining will be in however long it takes for us to get out of this that you'll actually find somebody that you'd want to spend more than just one date with. And uh, if you have a hand cramp, you definitely could not love yourself. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Not going to happen for you. But you know what? I I don't know. know, Right now, I think I've seen the whole thing of the dating. uh, I think they said uh, over... Skype or over yeah. I, I think that's probably the safe route right now. Um Well there's actually a lot of the dating like because I say I'm single to a few people, my phone has heard that and has decided that I need to be dating someone and all the dating ads that come up from my phone are saying like, Oh yeah, don't let COVID nineteen get in your way. Skype or we have a video conference or you can, you know, this and this and that. So it's out there. They've jumped on the bandwagon. I couldn't tell way, you what sites they were. <laughs> By the way, speaking of things over the phone, uh, I am still getting, even now, things for St. Baldrick's. Yep! <laughs> We've been talking about that over the last few weeks on this program. My friend has finally uh, gone through uh, what what she said that she was going to do, and I I didn't know if you wanted to update the folks here on everything that has uh, occurred. Has transpired. So St. Baldrick's, um, we were supposed to have an event on March 14th on Friday. And um, in an abundance of caution, I'm going to really hate that statement at some point, but uh, with that cautionary um, step, they decided to postpone indefinitely the shave event. Um, However, because I said I was going to shave my head on that date, it was something that I was really, really, really wanting to do. I became a virtual shavey. I went and got linked up with the uh, a barbershop that, or well, cosmetology, whatever, um, where a person, Christine, shaved my head for me. It was photographed. It was videoed. It was posted. um, And now I am bald-ish because my hair is already starting to grow back a little bit. So that's kind of fun. I am at Velcro stage, short and fluffy. Um, but I do not have any long locks anymore. Um, the fundraiser is still going strong, though. So you can still donate. Um, you could, And actually, if you donate on my page, you get to see me before and after. There are pictures of me with hair and without that, that are on there. So donate if you still can. Um, they're still fighting childhood cancer regardless of everything else going on in the world. And... Uh, that yeah, you get to see me bald, so that's great. And of course, huge... I'm actually rubbing my head right now. It's fun. <laughs> now that is, I know you said afterwards it still felt like you had a full head of hair. Does it feel that way now? I still have moments of phantom hair. Yes, absolutely. Um, especially when I like go to lean back on something. It's like uh, when I get ready for bed, it's such a habit to go to, when I go to bed, that there are certain things that happen. You take off your earrings, you wipe off your makeup, you pull your hair down. And I go to reach back and I'm like, I don't have to pull my hair out of a pony. I don't have it in a ponytail anymore. So yes, there are moments of phantom hair, but I think that's more of habit than anything else. I don't know. Uh, yeah, it. I, I guess when we have something for so long, and that's an interesting study in itself. I think when we have something for so long, and the minute that it's gone, we start probably feeling like it's there, and that it's not there. And yeah, I don't know. There's got to be some type of scientific research for that. But well, 
I mean, they have the phantom limb research, you know, when they have the person that um, will sit behind a, you can actually do, uh, you could do a Google or a YouTube on this, where a person will sit with their hand behind a screen and they'll see, they'll see that it's a fake hand at them. But then they'll rub it with like a brush or something and then they'll hit the fake hand with a hammer and the person will jerk back thinking that they their hand got hit and they feel the pain, even though it was not hit. Interesting. Hmm. To, so uh, they have done studies on that. I don't know if hair would be considered a phantom <laughs> limb. We'll see. Well, I know for a lot of people it would be, but uh, yeah, that's, uh, like I said, once again, I, I'm proud of you because, you know, you, you know, not a lot of people, um, you know, every year do something like this, stick with this, and um, yeah, I mean, it's, uh, it's, it's an admirable thing, and I, I, if there's anyone that I know that would have done it, I know it would have been you. Uh, by the way, um a little bit of some breaking news here tonight. You didn't feel any, uh, you didn't feel any, the earth move out your way, did you? The earth did not move under my feet yet. Well, there was a 5.0 magnitude quake that shook the area around Lake Tahoe. Epicenter was near Carson City, Nevada. Um, go back out that way tonight. So uh, no reports on anything just yet. Um, actually trying to pull up some of this as this is uh, still kind of going. But, yeah, so 5.0 out of Indian Hills, it was felt across northern California, so it actually went back the other way. But that happening out that way tonight. So, interesting. Get a little bit of breaking news here as well. That's why we always always kind of go towards the... um, we're we're also on top of doing just normal things here. It's also breaking, but I know some places are saying uh, 4.5, uh, Indian Hills, Nevada, uh, residents in Sacramento, West Sacramento. Uh, I'm going to get this wrong. Natomas, Elk Grove, Lodi, Sonora, and Stockton reported feeling that quake as well. Uh, the earthquake was originally reported as a 5.0, but was downgraded to a 4.5. Uh, probably no more than about an hour and a half ago. Um, no damage has been reported as of yet. So hopefully all of you tonight out there are fine. Hopefully there is nothing else that will happen from that. Um, it always kind of seems that when stuff like that occurs, there's usually some aftershocks that come after that. Um, yeah, interesting in itself. But back to what we were talking about, there actually was a story that I kind of, from time to time, we'll leave some stories uh, pretty much on the cutting room floor, won't really get back to unless we have time to get back to it. Since we have a little bit of time to get back to it tonight, I'll actually bring it up. Um, We're going into pretty much soon the month of April, which pretty much will take us to, I think, unofficially. I don't know. Would you say April or May is pretty much unofficially the start of wedding season? Oh, I would say May. May? There are more May May weddings than April. Okay. Although if you have spring wedding, you would want it in April. Mm Mm-hmm. That's April showers, spring May flowers. But, yeah. Well, the average American's dream wedding, do you know how much they think that it would cost? Like what it actually costs or what would they like it to cost? Well, a survey found that the average American's dream wedding costs how much, do you think? The actual cost is like oh, $20,000, $25,000. Oh, man, you're you're actually a, a cheap bride. Actually, the average <laughs> the average American's dream wedding costs around $42,000. Yikes. Uh, a poll of 2,000 Americans who plan on getting married age 18 to 55 has determined that the perfect wedding will cost around $42,310.48 total. Don't know where they got the change, but hey. For their ideal wedding, Americans desire an open bar. Who wouldn't? Seeing as 61% would have free drinks at their dream wedding. 
In addition, 44% want formal attire for their wedding, and 48% revealed that they want a band instead of a DJ on their big day. Uh, the study, which was commissioned by Minted Weddings, examined the wedding features that made up the perfect day and discovered 48% envisioned something different than the traditional wedding celebration. From flowers and colors to who gives a speech and how long it lasts, Americans are opinionated when it comes to their ideal wedding. Nearly half, 49% of the respondents say that white is a color that definitely want to include in their wedding, while a further 36% are unafraid of having black as part of their color scheme. And when it came to flowers, roses topped the list of wedding flowers at 50%, followed by tulips, lilies at 35%, and baby's breath, which I know you hate, at 31%, with gardenias, (laughs) 28%, rounding out the top five. Uh, Three in ten revealed they prefer a more modern theme over uh, the traditional church bells in a ballroom. But how many people would be in attendance at uh, at Americans' dream weddings? Just under 100 with the average respondent revealing their initial wedding would be compromised with 92 guests total. In order to make sure those 92 guests had the most up-to-date information, many respondents believe a website is important. In fact, 72% of those studied agreed that guests rely on a wedding website to provide the necessary information to plan their trip accordingly. Uh, And they weren't ready to compromise for their dream wedding either, as two in five said venue was a non-negotiable part of their ideal wedding. And besides the location of the celebration, 39% revealed cake was a priority for them, while a further 34% said having a best man speech was something they aren't willing to go without. And those aren't the only wedding priorities Americans have when, when it comes to their dream day. 33% will not compromise on the type of music played. Speeches were also a priority. 46% of respondents said the father of the bride will give a speech, while a further 43% said the mother of the bride's speech is essential at their dream wedding. I don't, speeches are fine, I guess. I think it should be limited, though. <laughs> um, True. <laughs> like, are we talking limited to people, or are you talking limited on time? You're, you get five minutes. But you know what, though? Depends on who's giving the speech. If you have someone that's, I, I don't know, there are some eloquent speeches that can happen in five minutes, and the five minutes you feel will have went quickly. And you'll be like, man, that was awesome. I wish they could continue talking some more. And then there are some who will ramble on and try to come up with something or, like, go out on something big, and then they keep going, and they don't know when to stop. I did that you sound day. like a Priscilla. You kind of do right now. No, but like, here's the thing. I need, to, I, I need to know your speech beforehand. No, I don't want to know your speech beforehand. But here's the thing. I don't want to know it. But if you're going to give it, practice it a little bit. I mean, not, not practice it to the point of where it comes off dry and rehearsed, but kind of have an idea of what you're going to say. Because I've been to a few weddings where – They'll have, like, someone in the family come up and say something. And while they wanted to say something and while the well-meaning was good, you know, they'll kind of ramble on and then they'll kind of go off, you know, the beaten path and then they'll come back around and they don't have anything kind of like written or bullet points. And they'll say something because my fear is this. They're going to say something which they probably didn't want to say, and it comes off really embarrassing. And then they try to take it back or, like, walk it back by trying to say something nice. And by then, all you're remembering is the most embarrassing part. And then they're probably like, oh, crap, I can't believe I said that. They're probably going to kill me about it. And it's like, yeah, if you had thought about what you were going to say, it probably would have came out that way, you know. But I, I don't know. I, I think that's why it should probably be – it should probably be just a couple of people. Uh, maybe the parents, because the parents paid for it. <laughs> uh, and the best man yes, and the of honor. Leave it at those people. I think it's good. We don't need all of your well, brothers and nope. sisters giving speeches. 
Just, what they could do if they want their brothers and sisters to give speeches and all that other stuff is do it ahead of time. You know, there's this whole thing that we have now, like videos, and you can project things up on screens, and yeah, it's amazing. I would I would be okay with that if it was you know I think kind of done ahead of time. But yeah, it's I've seen some where you know. I always say but I've seen a, like do that ahead of time on a screen and put it and have it running on a loop and uh when you enter into the reception. So you can sit there and watch it if you want to or you know and and like I said and it just runs in a continuous loop cuz the speeches are more for the for everyone else than it is for the the bride and the groom. Like I right. mean yes, they want to they want to hear your good thoughts, but they can hear your good thoughts without a mic. If you you know the speeches are for everyone else, so put it on a and put it on a video with multiple people, and then have it running on a loop, and have video you know like pictures of the couple running in the background. Woo! And if somebody uses that, it's my idea. I think Copyright everybody knows. Twenty twenty. Yeah, I was gonna say I think everybody agrees on the open bar. <laughs> Yes. I've had some people and some friends who probably at the last minute were like, oh, I don't think we're going to do an open bar. I was like, what? <laughs> like, I would go, I would even go to, everybody can wear cowboy boots and a flannel shirt if that saved me enough money so I can have an open bar. Open bar, man, open bar. Hmm. Essential. Now, I think in recent years, I've seen probably one thing that has changed, more or less a go away from the traditional weddings in a church, and a lot of people settle for trying to uh, kill two birds with one stone and have it at the facility where they're also having their reception, which is smart. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, unless the church is not that far, or it's minutes away from a hall or reception. I think the last, you know, an interesting note, uh, the last few weddings that I've gone to have taken place at golf resorts, which is actually kind of interesting because I think about it now. I've gone to a few weddings that have been at golf resorts the last few years. Beautiful backdrop, plenty of different rooms, and a lot of these resorts now have other things on top of the golf to offer. So, yeah, it's actually smart on them. So, the, how would you feel about the, uh, the, you know, so we said open bar and, then of course, speeches. Uh, is it really a big deal now about a color scheme? I, I, I guess as a guy – you're pretty much going to be wearing a black tux or whatever to come around and it's going to be messy with the bride's colors. But is it really that big of a deal? To some people, absolutely. Hmm. Interesting. And it helps if you do have a color scheme because then most of the time the bridesmaids, and it really is mostly the bridesmaids, but most of the time the bridesmaids are going to go, so what color dress do I need to wear? Purple. Have you seen it? Any dress, then it has to be style. If it's not style, it's color. If it's not, it, it turns into a mess if you don't have something picked out. Like, I don't care what color you wear because it's a rainbow wedding and I want you to wear whatever you want to wear, but it needs to be in this style. Bridesmaids will go, thumbs up. If it's not that, then it's like, hey, it's all this color scheme. I don't care what style of dress you wear. Now, yeah. Surprise, if you left it to your bride, I, I, I'm. I don't think guys never really hear about this, but do the bridesmaids generally have to, um, what's the word I'm looking here, do they generally have to get their dress approved? Because as you and I both know, there's always that one bridesmaid that will go for the strapless number where the, where the kids are pretty much uh, wanting to come out and play. Right. <laughs> um is that something that's pre-approved by the bride? Depends on how stingy the bride is. Uh, 
it also depends on how many bridesmaids you have. So if you're going to have a large wedding party, then you're more likely a bridezilla and spending a lot of money. So, yes, you'll pre-approve them. If you've only got a couple of people, you're only picking on, like, the, if you only have a couple of bridesmaids, then they're usually people you already know. And they probably go shopping with you. Or you go shopping with them. I'm glad you mentioned that, because that's another thing. I, I am guilty of, because I used to be, well, not forced into watching it, but <laughs> I used to watch, there used to be a show that was called, um, uh, oh, and I'm going to forget the name right now as it blanks my head, but anyway, uh, the whole thing or the premise of the show was it was four brides, and um, they all had to grade each other's weddings. And then at the end of the show, the couple that won, because they, of course, invited those brides to their own wedding. Um, and I can't remember the name of the show. It's going to bother me so much. But anyway, uh, at the end of the show, the bride with the highest score, her and her new husband got a special trip. They won a trip. And there was one particular wedding where this lady had, I think, about – 10 to 12 bridesmaids, which I thought was, like, ridiculous. You couldn't possibly tell me that there was 12 people that you wanted to stand with you on that stage for your special day. I can't see it. There should be a cap. Because once we start getting past, like, three or four, I think it takes away from the bride and groom because you've got half of the uh, invited guests in your wedding party. That's a lot of people. Are you, are, well, if you want me to argue with you, I can argue with you, but I agree. <laughs> <laughs> I saw 12, and I was like, that's way too many. I, I'm sorry, but I, I think it should probably be I have, real. To me, it's a special occasion. My, so. Right. My, fir- my, my first and my only wedding um, had six, and I felt like that was too many, and that was – only six, um, but yeah, right. yeah. If we get past that, it gets a little. It gets a little it, it right. is- I, that felt too many for me, and I was like, yeah, maybe I should. Um, I think your show was called Four Weddings. Yes, it was Four Weddings. Thank you. You're welcome. <laughs> but yeah, uh, I agree. I agree. Like, after a certain point, it's like, now you're just doing it to show off. Because in, in those cases, when they have, like, 12 bridesmaids, then they should have a large guest list to outweigh the 12 bridesmaids. Unless you're trying to pull, like, a 27 dresses kind of thing. Hmm. No. I don't. I, I, I just couldn't, but... That's up to you. But, yeah, as the wedding season comes on, uh, I'm pretty sure there will be a couple of weddings that all of you out there will be going to. Um, it will – it's almost like a four weddings thing where you'll be watching and grading. I've seen some pretty cool things. I think they said the one thing you don't want to do at a wedding is have a buffet. I don't know why. Okay. If that used to get like less points, like if you had a buffet at your wedding, people got ticked because you know first of all they're pretty much calling it by table and everybody's standing in line. You got to wait and serve yourself. People like weddings where and you got more points it seems when you had the fancy wedding where people bought you your food, picked up your plates, and all of that other good stuff. But if you had to go and get it on your own, oh, you scored low on it all the time. I remember that one thing. It was always frowned upon to have like a buffet style at your wedding. So, if you did, the food better have been doggone good. So, I don't know. Uh, one other story today before we go. No one's flying right now, but I think the story was actually pretty funny. And we had left it for a later date, but since we are trying to avoid talking about the virus tonight, I thought it was as good as any time that when we do start flying again. Uh, the article stated, what to do when someone won't stop talking to you in business class. Not a lot of us fly in business class. 
you would. <laughs> it was an interesting article nonetheless because it could also happen on a flight. How many times have you gotten on a flight and somebody wants to, like, carry on a full conversation with you? I think it's happened to all of us, right? Oh, I've, I've done – I think I have a face that I make when that happens because it'll start and then it'll end. So apparently you have to have the look of death, apparently. I don't know. <laughs> Um, I don't know if I should knock on wood and thank my lucky stars or not, but um, 
I've been lucky enough that a few people that I have sat next to, they'll talk a little bit, and then that'll be it. Um, or they'll have the the little bit of conversation that goes with, hey, can you hand this to, or hey, can you grab the um, flight attendant, or hey, I have to go to the bathroom, can you stand up? It's like very little conversation. Um so I guess that I either look unapproachable or I look arrogant. I, I don't know because it's just <laughs> I haven't done that. I also, but I'm also one of those people that I'm usually head into a book pretty quickly, or I'm asleep, or or I have headphones in right away. Um, I'm not trying to be rude or anything. I just. Once I get on a plane, I don't like all the other I, – I know it's white noise, but I just don't like it. So I tend to just automatically – headphones are on, and I'm either reading or watching a movie, and it's automatic. It's right away. So it might just be that I've already marked my territory for a lack of a – like, that's what it said, right? Mark the territory? Yeah, mark the territory. So I guess I mark my territory right away, and then it works. <laughs> Now, I got to tell you, it happened to me on a flight once, and probably the third time I've ever flown, years ago, uh, I worked for a company in which uh, they shall go nameless, but we had a convention out in Vegas, actually my first trip to Vegas, and I got on the flight, and my coworker and I got very last row. We planned it that way. We're like, hey, sit in the back. At that time, I didn't know any better. But I sat in the back next to the window. And he sat on the aisle seat, which meant that there was a seat in the middle of us, wide open. And it sounded like they were about to close everything. And they said, oh, we're just waiting on a couple more passages. We're like, ah, you know, there's plenty of seats out there. Uh, All of a sudden, they're like, oh, we got some last-minute people coming on. Uh, We got to wait for them. And on board comes about about five, six people, very boisterous, very excitable. And I think they were from some type of company where they, you know, all got a trip uh, out to Vegas uh, on the company for whatever sales marks that they had hit. And I think it was one of those companies where they sold, uh, you know how uh, – What's the one company that sells like a lot of those vitamins and paper towels and everything else that they generally will sell? Um, gotcha. Like uh, I was gonna say Herbalife, but that's not right. No, yeah. it's another one. But you know what I'm talking about. So they get on board. One guy comes all the way to back, and there's a couple of rules. If you are sitting next to me, that I can't stand when we're flying, and he broke all of them pretty much that day. And my coworker, who I was not happy with after this, immediately when the guy started to try to talk to us, my coworker's like, "Uh, yeah, I uh, got something I gotta listen to or do," and he immediately turns away, leaving me pretty much. I'd like to think I'm a nice fellow. I'm gonna like listen to a little bit of what you say. And he breaks out a computer, and I was like, "Oh Lord!" And I'm stuck. I got nowhere to go. In the back seat, please take it off. And he starts to talk about this company, what they do. Um, and then he proceeds to order a tomato juice. Why people order only th- – there's some people out there, actually, that only like tomato juice when they're flying. And he orders a tomato juice. And then he proceeds to have a banana, tomato juice and a banana. And just leaves the uh, banana rind right there. I can smell oh my gosh! As this flight's going, and he was talking for so long and trying to sell me on whatever it was. And I'm like, oh yeah, it's all great and all, but I really love my job and I don't have time for it. And I had to kind of quickly end it and cut it. And then I put on my headphones, and that was that. <laughs> so sometimes you do have to kind of cut them off before it kind of gets uh, too desperate, but I've even had one just this past year uh, where uh, I've got on the flight and he was the last person getting on. Gentlemen, I'm a, I'm a big guy. 
and this gentleman was way bigger than me. He sat in the seat. We hadn't even flown off yet. He didn't talk to me. No, 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 no. He did the next best thing. Before the flight ever left the ground, I hear the loudest. Now, I admit, I'm a snorer. This guy probably could beat me. And he proceeds to snore. From the time that the flight took off, pretty much 10 minutes before we even landed. Yeah. So I'm pretty sure a lot of you have far worse stories as well. As long as you didn't have somebody take off their shoe and try and cut their toenails. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Yeah. That, well, that could be a show on its own, just bad flight stories. Bad flight stories or bad public transportation stories. Who knows? If we have time next week, we might even start talking about this because I did have a person take off their shoes and proceed to cut their toenails. So, oh, but, no. Yeah, it was bad. Uh, but look at that. We actually were able to fill the hour. And uh, did you have any shout-outs this week or anything that you wanted to uh, talk about? Uh, uh, nothing this week. Um, like I said, if you want to see my my – I was going to say my ugly mug because that's my standard saying my, my lovely mug, bald, um, by all means, donate. You can jump onto the page and donate for St. Baldrick's and just, yeah, it's, it's, we're still collecting donations, but yeah, it's, other than that, no, I got, I got nothing. Stay safe, everybody. Yeah, I just want to uh, say, you know, there's a lot that's going on. It's a lot that's stressful. Uh, For all of you out there with anxiety about everything or for those of you who are nervous about what's happening, you know, filter through the stories to what you can do. And when there's questions, ask. Or if you need someone to talk to, talk to them. Because only together are we going to be able to work our way past this. And now is not time to be brave and think, hey, I can go out and do this and then go back and nothing's going to happen because we are dealing with an unknown right now and not to sugarcoat anything or to uh, be the merry person here or to scare you. But when you're dealing with the unknown and when there's things that are going on, you know, if someone is offering the best advice or the best way of getting through this quickly, it is best to heed that warning. And, and of course, in a lot of cities, they are actually asking you to stay home. And if you do not feel well, stay home. And if you are feeling bad, if you have to go to a hospital, I don't know what the particular things in your area call for, but get there and get the help that you need. And in the meantime, practice social distancing, and that is going to pretty much be the word that we say here over the next few weeks and months. But we will get out of this. It will get better. But in the meantime, just be smart. Wash your hands. Don't touch your face. The simple things. And it's the simple things that will get us to brighter days ahead. And I do hope that everyone uh, has a wonderful week. We will see you here, and hopefully we've been a source of some type of respite from everything that's going on. But uh, we will try to do that here over the next few weeks. And uh, if there's anything at all in which to pretty much talk about or to, you know, help you, let us know might be able to do a show on it but we do thank you for listening to us and we'll catch you right back here hopefully next week but for now uh for mary i am lavar have a wonderful weekend stay safe and do what needs to be done bye ready bye that's going to do it for all of us here at channel 4 news you stay classy san diego i'm on burgundy Who typed a question mark on the teleprompter?